0: Well, this is the moment we've been looking forward to. What a joy it is to be here this morning. We've been excited, looking forward to this Sunday. I know you have as well. And so we are excited about what God has done, and what God's gonna do. Thank you, Brother Farmer, for that wonderful word. And for the choir, for the music this morning, what a joy and a blessing it has been. My heart's already been stirred. And so we're excited to be here. Before we get started this morning, the sermon, uh, you can go and turn your Bibles, if you will, this morning, to Jonah chapter one, but there is a slight uh, uh, issue that I need to address, and that is there was a bright orange jumpsuit on the chair up here, and uh, I guess we need to see if that's gonna fit or not. And uh, I've been praying this whole time, Lord, help this coat not to fit, but I don't know, we'll see. I'm not real positive, but the rumor on the street is is that Grumpy had something to do with this this morning. <laughs> I've noticed there is a lot of orange in here this morning, and um, we will. Uh, I don't know that my odds of converting you to red and black are very good, but we're going to give it our best shot. And it looks like y'all have the jump on me. Y'all are getting ahead to start. <laughs> Praise the Lord, it don't fit. <laughs> so, there's also a, it uh, looks like a purse here. And and I didn't know if maybe the purse went with the jacket or what. So. <laughs> all right, well, uh, church, all I can say to you is this morning, good luck. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course, I know... We'll be playing here before long, Georgia and Tennessee, and I've got a feeling I'm probably going to wish I would have kept that jacket on a little longer this year, uh, but it is good to be here. Well, if you had your Bibles this morning, look at me at the book of Jonah, chapter number one. The book of Jonah, chapter number one, and I want to uh, begin looking at the book of Jonah. And uh, I guess we had to put a title on this. We would call it Cautions from the Deep. And we find here in Jonah that Jonah has been called by God to go out and to preach to a people who are lost and condemned. This is much of the situation that has been called, uh, you and I, to go out to the lost, to the highways, the byways, and to compel them to come in. And yet we find this morning in the first uh, three or four verses of Jonah, we find that Jonah rebelled from God and this Sunday I want to look at the rebellious servant and how God called him yet Jonah uh, failed to follow God and to obey him. Ultimately as you study the book of Jonah you find that God did work in his life and God worked a miraculous work and uh, saved an entire city from judgment because of the message of Jonah because of Jonah's obedience Yet Jonah did not go there by a straight path. He took the long way around. And if you're like me this morning, there have been times in my life where I have taken the long way around to where I needed to be. And so we want to look this morning at Jonah chapter one, and let's begin reading in verse number one. The Bible says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with him unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. Let us pray this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you in prayer and God we ask, Lord, that for the next few moments, Lord, that you may begin to open our eyes. Lord, that we might hear your call and your leadership upon our lives. or that we may purpose in our hearts to follow you and to obey you with willing hearts uh, Lord willing to sacrifice and give of ourselves for that you may use us to take the gospel to a lost and Dying world here in our communities Father we love you. We thank you. and We praise you in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. I Want to look here at three aspects in these first four verses that we see concerning the life of Jonah The first thing we notice is that Jonah was called by God in verse 1 it says now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of Amittai saying both in Jonah and in second Kings Jonah is called the son of Amittai this word Amittai comes from uh, the root word meaning to be faithful and the last word in the Hebrew there the last letter is a yod which is often a shortened form of the word Yahweh and so literally the son of Amittai is saying that he is the son of the faithful God As we study Scripture, you find that uh, Jonah, uh, he was the son of... the one who's named God is faithful that Jonah had a righteous upbringing he knew God he was an Israelite a Jew and he was familiar with the custom customs and teachings of God himself and so we recognize that Jonah was an individual who was familiar with the work of God upon uh, his nation he was familiar with what God had done in the past both of the the plagues that that brought them out of Egypt the great works of God, Jonah was familiar with the Lord God. And so here we find that Jonah, the son of Amittai, the one whose name was God is faithful, he says the Lord came unto him and called unto him, wanting him to follow. So we find that God called a capable servant. Jonah was qualified to serve the Lord. He was someone who was familiar with the things of God. Jonah did not or could not say, I can't go and serve you, Lord, because I don't know who you are. Jonah was familiar with the Lord Jesus Christ and with God Almighty. Uh, no matter the reasoning for whatever Jonah was called what we do understand is that it's painfully obvious that Jonah knew God and uh, knew to obey him thus we find that God called his servant to obey and to follow him in faithful obedience matter of fact in Luke chapter 12 and verse number 48 the Bible says to whom much is given uh, much will be required and so Jonah being a uh, a child of Israel a child of a, uh, a, a godly upbringing he was much was being required of him that he would go and share the good news or the, the story actually the story of judgment that they might repent and, and and that Nineveh might experience the grace of a righteous God. Yet we find here that uh, God called him but as we began to read, uh, read through the scripture we will find that Jonah although he was called by God he was not so willing to follow. In verse number two, the Bible says, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. We find that he was a capable servant, but also we find, when you look at Jonah, that he was a complacent servant. He was a complacent servant. These first two words here in verse number two are arise and to go. And it is a double command and literally he's saying get up and go. Jonah get up and go. What we can see from this is first that Jonah, although he was familiar with God, he was a called of God, a child that had been called of God to do a work, we find that Jonah had been complacent. This word literally means to get up, arise, to get off of where you're at. It's almost as if God is saying, Jonah, get out of your seat. Get up out of the bed. I have a work for you to do. Jonah, it is not uh, profitable anymore for you to stay seated where you're at, but rather get up, go. We have a job that needs to be accomplished. These words together, they show a, this rhythmic flow in the Hebrew. It shows a hurried message and it displays the urgency of a command. That it is urgent. You must arise and go. You must go now. Jonah, there is something that is urgent that I need you to do. Arise. Go. Yet we find that Jonah was complacent. He had the truth of God yet Jonah was there in Israel and the heathen nations all around were perishing without God and yet Jonah like the other religious people were there within Israel they were comfortable to know God and keep it to themselves and God came to Jonah and said arise go Thirdly this morning for sake of time I want to see something here the bible says arise go the next two words here it says to Nineveh We read scripture and we don't really understand it uh, until you understand the culture of that time but Nineveh it literally was it was a controversial call that Jonah had received Nineveh was a city that was, the Bible says, uh, the the Bible calls here go to Nineveh that great city. It was a great city. But what was it that made Nineveh a great city? Was it the size of Nineveh? Yes, it was a three days journey. The Bible says in Jonah chapter 3 verse 3, it was a three day journey across the city. It was a massive city. Matter of fact, it was, although it was not the capital of the Assyrian Empire, Nineveh was one of the founding cities of the Assyrian Empire. It was a great city from a financial standpoint. It was a great city of its size. It was a great city of its prominence and importance, but that is not what made Nineveh a great city. We find that what made Nineveh a great city in this passage of Scripture was its sin, sin. The Bible says, God said that their sin is come up before me, and that literally means um, before my face. God is saying from a pagan city, a city that does not know me, that their wickedness is so great that their sin has come up before my face. God says, I cannot stand the side of the city. Their wickedness, their evilness is great. God says, Jonah, arise. ...and go to Nineveh. For God in the Old Testament to call a Jew to go to a heathen Gentile nation was really unprecedented. This was not the norm in the Old Testament... And yet God says to Jonah, Jonah, arise, get up, go to Nineveh, that great city. And God says, I want you to preach to them and share with them that judgment and destruction is coming because of their great sin. It was a controversial call. As we began to study Jonah and his life, we will find that Jonah said, Listen, Lord, I know this is a wicked people. They were called great city because of their great wickedness. The, uh, the city of Nineveh, it was known for its brutality and for its uh, uh, great, uh, they were horrible in their, in their military conquests. They were violent and they were a very uh, horrible people. God says, Jonah, I want you to go. And to preach to them. Go to Nineveh. And so here we see the controversial call. Jonah, and I can imagine in his own heart, he probably thought, Lord, why would I go to Nineveh? They're wicked heathens. Lord, why would I go there? Lord, isn't there somewhere else you could send me? But the call of God was to go to Nineveh. To go to those whom he did not want to go, to go to the place where he did not want to go, and to preach a message that he did not want to preach. If you read and continue through Jonah, you'll find that ultimately Jonah says, God, this is why I didn't want to come. Because if I preached repentance, I knew that if they repented, you would have mercy on them. And Jonah did not want God to have mercy upon Nineveh. Jonah desired that God would bring judgment upon them. We find that there was a controversial call. For sake of time this morning, I want to look at the second point. In verse number three, and that is, we've seen the call, but now I want to look at the contravene. That the contrary actions of Jonah. Verse number three, the Bible says, But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So in verse number two, the Bible says that God told Jonah, Arise and go. But in verse number three, the Bible says, But Jonah rose up and went, but he went the opposite direction. God said, Go to Nineveh to the north. Instead, he fled to, Tar, uh, to Joppa in the south and headed to Tarshish in the west. He was headed the opposite direction from where God had told him to go. Why is this important? Why did Jonah run? Because uh, he wanted to flee from God himself. Jonah ran from God. You see, preacher, how is that? It says, But Jonah rose up to flee under Tarshish from the presence of the Lord he Jonah said listen it's not that I don't want to just go to Nineveh Jonah said I want to flee from God his hatred of those who did not know God was so great that he said I would rather run from God himself than to take the message to those whom I hate I want you to understand this morning that we live in a wicked, depraved, fallen world. We live in a society and a culture and a time where men and governments we have turned our backs on God. We are promoting sin and we are uh, trying to suppress righteousness and truth and I hate sin, God hates sin, but we should never hate the sinners. We should display and share with them the love of God. We can hate sin, that's all right. We can stand on truth and and on the foundation of God's word and we must do that, but we must never allow our hearts to come to the place where Jonah was at, where he said, listen, I hate the sin so much that I also hate this sinner, and I would rather flee from God than to face the sinner. We've got to take the gospel to everyone. I'm not going to see eye to eye with, our, with everyone in our community, neither are you. I'm not going to agree with the decisions that are being made, and neither are you. But that's all right. We can still carry the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. But Jonah ran from God. Not only that, we find here the Bible says that uh, in verse number three, and went down uh, that he went and he uh, paid the fare thereof and went down into it. Jonah was willing to pay to run from God. He had it cost Jonah to get on that ship. He paid his fare. He paid the wage to take a ship to Tarsus He said, "Listen, I'm willing to pay the price to leave God." Jonah willingly said, "I'll pay the price." to not have to do what God's called me to do. I don't mind, it's just a little money. I'll pay the fare if it gets me out of having to serve God. He was willing to pay for himself, but he wasn't willing to pay the price that it took to escape Nineveh. However, as we read in Scripture, we'll find that Jonah, he did not take into account the full price. As we read here in Scripture, we'll find that Jonah's rebellious spirit took him down. The Bible says in verse number three, he went down to Joppa, and then he went down into the ship. And then when verse number five, he went down into the the sides of the belly of the ship. In chapter two, verse number six, he says, I went down to the bottom of the mountains or the depths of the ocean. Jonah's journey from God took him down, down, down. And I want you to know this morning, it does not matter how much we're willing to pay or how far we think we can run from God. God. God says, go and serve me, follow me. Anything that we do will take us down and it will never build our lives up, but we'll find ourselves in a place that we do not wish to be. His spirit took him down. The Bible says in Proverbs that the way of a transgressor is hard. This morning, God will allow us to make our decisions. We'll have our choice. We may choose our actions, but we don't get to choose the consequences. Jonah thought he paid the fare, yet he did not know just how much the price would cost. Here in verse number four, and I'll try to be done for sake of time this morning, we find thirdly with this rebellious servant that we've seen a call now I want to look at the chastisement. But the Lord sent out a great wind in the, in the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Jonah refused to act according to God's will, but God acted. This morning, as a church, I want you to know that North Ottawa Baptist Church, we are called not just to follow God, and we are called to follow him, but we are called to be people of action. We are called to not just talk about good, but we are to be doers of good. In James 1:22, the Bible says, but be doers of the word, and not hearers only. Beginning this chapter here, verse 1, the first few verses, verse 4 to chapter 2. We find that in Jonah, there are four chapters, and yet the first two chapters are dealing with the consequences of Jonah running from God. Half of the story of Jonah is merely God trying to bring Jonah to a place where he is willing to obey God and to follow him. Half the story. Have you ever felt like your Christian walk, your Christian journey is a lot of making mistakes and God trying to correct your path to bring you back? And boy, then you, met, then you go too far and mess up over here and God's constantly trying to direct your life and bring you back together. That's kind of Jonah's story. Half of his story is spent out of the will of God. And then chapter 3 and chapter 4, God finally gets Jonah to Nineveh where he's supposed to be. And what we find out is that when he gets there, even then when he's in God's will, his attitude ain't right. Boy, I feel like Jonah sometimes, don't you? And yet we find God had a purpose in his life. I want to look at three things and I'll be done quickly. First is the root of chastisement. The root of the chastisement is that God sent out the great wind. The chastisement that came when Jonah went on that boat and verse number 4, the Lord sent out that great wind into the sea. God sent the chastisement. It was of God. You say, Pastor, are you telling me that every time there's something wrong in my life, that God's dead and God's trying to punish me? No, that is not what I'm saying at all this morning. But I do believe at the same time that God can and will work in our life to bring us to a place where we recognize our sin. And God is capable of using circumstances in our life to bring about repentance. And that is what we're getting at this morning. The root of the chastisement is God, but the reason for the chastisement is that God might bring out repentance in the life of Jonah. This word here we see that God uh, uh, brought out the uh, a great wind in the east, that word is hurl, and often that is meant to bring judgment in Scripture, but other times it's meant to bring salvation, such as here in Jonah we find that God Hurled the sea a wind at Jonah. Then we find that the sailors they hurled their the the belongings on the uh, on the ship Into the sea to try to save the ship and it was used for salvation And in this passage of scripture and in your life and mine God might bring judgment into our life, but it is never for our destruction But rather it is always to bring us to repentance God desires For you and I to have a fellowship and relationship with him. And then lastly, we'll be done, is the reality of the chastisement. The reality is, the Bible says that the ship was like to be broken. The thought here is literally translated as the ship is contemplating or pondering on being broken. Now, we know that an inanimate object like a ship can't think, but yet we understand that what it's saying is that it was on the verge of being broken. It was on the verge. I'll add this this morning, and then I'll wrap up. Jonah ran from God. He sinned. God sends the wind to bring judgment upon Jonah so that he might turn course and leave heading towards Tarshish and instead head to Nineveh where God had called him. And yet the ship he was on was about to break. Not only was Jonah about to perish in the ocean, but so were those that were on the ship with him. You say, Pastor, I, 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 I don't want to serve God. I don't want to do what God has called me to do. There's other things, other priorities I would rather have in my life. There are things that might seem more important. I want you to know this morning, your sin will never only affect you. It'll affect your children, your grandchildren, your church. It will affect all of us. I want to close with this thought this morning, what will you do? Will you follow God? Will you answer the call? Will you say, God, here am I, send me, Lord, I'll go to Nineveh, Lord, I'll carry the gospel to a lost and dying world, I'll take the gospel of Jesus Christ, I, I, I'll do the work of an evangelist. Listen this morning, being an evangelist is more than just inviting someone to church, and it's good to invite people to church, but we're called to do more than to invite people to church. We're commanded and called to go and share the story of Jesus Christ with the lost and dying world. How about it this morning? Are we following the example of Jonah? I don't know about you this morning, but in my life I want to say God with your help I'll follow you. Lord, I'll go to Nineveh I'll go to my community. I'll go to my neighbor, Lord. Wherever, whoever, Lord, send me, and I'll go. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you in prayer. What I want to say, thank you for, uh, Lord, allowing us to be here this morning. God, I, Lord, my heart says, "Thee, Lord," because, Lord, as I look at the state of our nation. Lord we need Jesus Christ and yet Lord I understand that if we as your church are not faithful to proclaim the truth Lord if we don't go who will God may you help us to be faithful to do what you've called us to do Lord may we be willing to go to the Nineveh. Lord, to the city, to the outcast, to the trodden down. Lord, those who reject you. Lord, may you help us go and proclaim the gospel. And Lord, who knows, maybe our town, our county. Lord, maybe we'll repent as Nineveh did and turn back to you. We thank you in Christ name. I pray.